Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Hello, I'm Linda, and this is my friend Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm, I know. I'm not sure how what to do anymore. Are you? I'm not. I've been saying yeah. the same thing for so long, and uh, now I'm all out of whack. Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you going? Yeah, you know, lockdown. What? Are, how many weeks in are we? Five and a half. No, five. Oh, five. It's um. It's just become four and a half. Four and a half, and potentially yeah. four more to go. But that's all right. It's uh, got its upsides. Does it? Okay, <laughs> list them. Go. <laughs> having having lunch at home. Yay, I get lunch. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Watching the birds and the uh, and the and the. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws. I know. But anyway. Yeah. And so today's topic anyway. is interesting. This is what not to steam in a steam or combi steam oven. Great yeah. Up. So sort of been thinking about this a little bit and might start with what not to steam. And when I say steam, I'm just kind of uh, striking out combi cooking. So just the straight steam cooking. Um, and so there's a few things which I've tried previously, which haven't actually uh, worked at all. And it's sort of been a thing where steam hasn't helped me. Um, one little bit and the first thing that comes to my mind is eggplant um, steamed eggplant is just horrible I'm sure there's probably dishes out there with steamed eggplant in it and I haven't done a lot of research into them but yeah that's uh, you can't get the bitterness out of the eggplants because there always is a little bit of bitterness um, but yeah terrible horrific um, so yeah, steamed eggplant, no good. So yeah, unless someone's got a bright idea that they want to, they want to pass on to us, avoid steamed eggplant. Now, the other one, which I was thinking about was, um, we've done, you know, mash and, uh, gnocchi and sort of, you know, puree potato type things using the steamer to cook our potatoes, but you have to be aware of the potatoes that you're, you're using. Um, so really, really starchy potatoes aren't that good if you're going to make a puree out of them when you steam them, if that makes sense. So anything that's super starchy is actually better off being dry roasted or boiled because you cook the starch out of them. Whereas with the steam, you don't seem to be able to get that starch cooked out of them and you end up, it ends up being a bit gluey. Um, so that's another one to sort of, it's not... Don't steam potatoes, but just be aware of which potatoes you're choosing. Ask your greengrocer. Um, and if they're super starchy, because at different times of the year, the same potato, let's say a Desiree potato or something like that, will be more starchy at a certain time of year versus another time of the year. So, yeah, just keep an eye on on um, which time of the year and which potatoes you select. If you're going to make a mash or some gnocchi or some sort of puree with potatoes um, because steaming a really starchy potato, no good. No, no good. Well, this leads me to an interesting, well, it's interesting to me, potatoes. 
how can you tell like are there types what are the types of potatoes and just for you know um i just go for are they washed are they small are they big what am i looking at i don't necessarily <laughs> choose you know starchy it hasn't been a question i've ever looked at you know on my shopping list maybe potatoes potatoes for you know whatever we're doing but i don't put down starchy or not starchy potatoes <laughs> this coming from the latest spud farmer of brunswick oh, they haven't they haven't harvested yet but they're <laughs> close so um i'm not going to go through with you the million zillion varieties of potatoes um but there are quite a lot and all of them will serve a different purpose um depending on what you want to get out of them so some potatoes are better for roasting um some potatoes are better for frying for chips like a maris piper or something like that uh idaho potatoes are quite good for that as well um then you've got sort of your all-purpose all-rounder potatoes like a desiree um we used to use king edwards as well was another one which was a pretty good all-rounder a little bit sweeter um and then you've got your really waxy potatoes like kifflers and stuff like that. So they're, they're all different sorts and they all have a different texture, slightly different taste. So a potato's not just a potato. Don't be dissing the potatoes, Linda. Like, that's not I'm right. Just, I'm just trying to think of, uh, I know it was many months ago that I last went shopping for food, but I'm just trying to think, I'm pretty sure I saw small, uh, what they call baby, but I'm sure they're just small potatoes. Yep. Why? Yep white brushed or washed potatoes, brown unbrushed yeah. or washed, Pontiac, yeah. and yeah. that'll be about it. And sometimes so, fancy ones have, um, what are those ones you just said, the the waxy ones? Maris, Piper, Kifflers. Uh, Kifflers, Kifflers, Kifflers yeah. but I really, um, I've never actually, yeah, well, there you go. Well, all of those potatoes, like the washed, the unwashed, the baby, they will all be a variety. The problem is, is that what big chain supermarkets especially have done now have changed the names of some of these potatoes. Um, so you'll see on, you know, the bag, and this is why I generally won't shop there. I'll go to a market. Uh, you'll see on the bag, it'll, it'll be something like Red Delight. Like it'll be a Desiree potato, but they've changed the name to what it from what it used to be because it's I don't know, more marketing friendly or something like that. But yeah, all of those potatoes are varieties of their own. Um, and each variety has a different use. You're better off going to a green grocer really. And a, a good green grocer will have a varied selection of different types of potatoes. And you just need to ask them. That's the best way to do it is ask them and just say, yeah, these super starchy are these really waxy. What are, if you don't know, Talk to you, brain grocer. But what you're using it for. Yeah. yeah. And say, oh, I, I just want a good all-rounder. Like a good all-rounder to have, you know, a good all-rounder will give you something that's pretty good for roasting, something that's pretty good for mashing. You can make a potato salad out of it. Like, you know, you make a rosti out of it. You can do whatever you like. And that's pretty much an all-rounder. But if you want to get into specifics, like if you if you consciously want to go out and make your own potato chips or french fries or whatever you want to do there are particular potatoes which do that better than others okay well there you go shows what i know but about we got oh, we've <laughs> got off, we went off on a sorry. tangent sorry about, about um no no 
Well, it's like a, you know. Um, you, think I it, you, get... you think it's really easy, but for, like, I honestly, I've never really been, got my mind around waxy versus starchy potatoes. Oh, okay, so the best way to get your get your best way to get your head around it is get some Kifla potatoes and try and make a mash out of it. You're going to end up with like wallpaper paste. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. There you are. So, you know, no, potatoes aren't just a. Apparently, this, this episode has gone from what not to seem to sticking up for potato farmers. Um, <laughs> potatoes aren't just potatoes. There's people that put effort into getting. I mean, you've put varieties in your garden. Yeah, I've got four you, varieties. Yeah, white star, right. and I'm thinking of a um, a family that I know down at Portland who are potato farmers, and you know that's what their whole livelihood is just growing potatoes all year round. We'll talk to them. I'm telling you, they they will know the ins and outs of like what potato is good for what and what the preparation of it is good for. And if you hear back to our original topic, Linda, as soon as you've taken us off on a weird tangent, but if you hear them talk about something that's quite starchy and just got a high starch content, generally not as good um, for steaming. Okay. Well, there you are. See, yeah. we're, back to, we're back to a topic now. Well done. Well, I'm trying to bring us back. I'm, you know, putting the reins on it a little bit. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well, thank you for that little uh, diversion. No, that's all right. Um, and so other things, um, there are a few greens which I find, uh, well, you can steam, they're just not as good. So like chicory, I know it's not something that we do often. Um, anything that's got a little bit of natural bitterness to it doesn't seem to, because when you cook it, you want to get a bit of that bitterness out. It doesn't seem to get it out as much. Okay. But anything that's got that little bit of bitterness to it um, doesn't seem to get any benefit from being steamed. If you want to have it healthy, so you know, like we say, your steam oven's good for a lot of things, but there are occasions where you might want to employ a different method. You know, like blanching or boiling or you know pan frying or whatever like whatever it might be um and it's the same with beetroot greens so chard as well so we've done silver beet and stuff like that which is a cousin of rainbow chard and which is a cousin of beetroot greens essentially um and again it's the leaves are really good but the stalks you never seem to be able to get that little bit of bitterness out of them so anything that you associate with maybe just having that little bit of bitter taste to it, um, just you know, take note that when you steam it, you, you'll find it difficult to get that out. You might have to dress it a lot more or you might have to do something else with it afterwards um, just to mask it a little bit or you know, move your, your thought when you're eating it away from bitter um, because it just doesn't seem to come out. So... Any of those bitter things, so eggplant, any of those bitter greens, and there's a lot of bitter greens, um, endive, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to work for it. But other than that, like I was thinking about proteins and all that sort of stuff, like we've pretty much cooked, you know, a lot of different things and a lot of different proteins um, in the steamer and just on steam. Um, so it works really well for a whole lot of stuff, but. There are, there are a handful of things which I don't, and this is, I mean, all of this is objective really, isn't it? They're the things that I don't think have, have seen any benefit, you know. And 
the other thing to remember, and we've talked about this before too, is remember that when you're steaming, you're not getting a, now I'm not talking about combination cooking, I'm talking about just steaming. When you're steaming, you're not getting the color on it. So you have to be aware, or you have to, you know, take note to add flavor elsewhere. How are you going to add flavor? Because color will give you flavor. So while you can steam your beetroots, and it's a really good way if you're going to do your own pickled beetroots at home, that's a fantastic way to do it. If you want to have that sort of deep, earthy, rich beetroot flavor, you might be better off switching your oven over to combi and roasting your beetroots. You get two different total, totally two different results from the same vegetable. Um, so just remember that when you, you know, when you're thinking about what you're going to steam, think about whether it's going to be bitter or starchy, depending on what you're cooking, um, and what you can do to mask that. And any anything else that you steam, you got to add some some flavour to it, some colour. What you're using the steam for is that accurate low temperature, you know moisture retention all of those good things uh and of course you know don't forget the salt always mm, always don't forget the salt that's that's rule number one i thought yeah well because as you would know like a steam piece of fish is really good okay but a steam piece of fish that's been seasoned properly is 10 times better totally. and like i like i think a piece of fish steamed by itself has enough in it to be able to just hold up as a as as a part of a dish, but maybe your greens or something like that might need a bit of an extra boost. It depends on what you're cooking. Um, so yeah, well, you know, back to the topic at hand, the topic du jour. Um, there isn't really a lot which doesn't doesn't um, benefit from being steamed. I mean, I'm not a. There's certain things that I'm not a fan of myself. So zucchini, I don't. I don't like steamed zucchini um, or courgette, depending on where you're from. And steamed pumpkin, I only do if I'm making a puree because I like because that keeps the really nice, rich colour of a nice, ripe orange pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm making a puree for a baby or something like that, that's a really good way to do it. Um, but you know, roasted pumpkin is a totally different. You know, that sticky sort of catch between your teeth chewiness that you get out of a really well roasted pumpkin. That's kind of appealing. But it depends on what, what you're looking for. And remember water content too. So if you've got a high water content vegetable as well, that's going to have an effect on what happens when you're steaming. So a pumpkin won't actually take a super, super long amount of time because it's very high water content. Um, and you're working in a water-based environment, <clears throat> so it generally happens reasonably quickly. Whereas when you're trying to roast it, you're trying to cook that water out of it. So, yeah, a few differences. But I mean, by all means, steam your pumpkin, steam your sweet potato, or steam them first to get the cooking process started, and then roast them, or then chuck them on the barbecue, or whatever. Like, so you've got the tool there. But yeah, eggplant, steer clear. That's my. Maybe that should be our new motto. New motto: eggplant, stick clear. Stick clear. We should make a, a logo out of that. One of the things we have talked about not steaming in the past was uh, pasta, where people yeah. are steaming pasta. Yes. Yeah, and we've had a few um, sort of weird. Well, over history, we've had a few weird sort of conversations around steaming rice as well, because um, there's a bit of a. It's a weird one with rice because you have to have a liquid. 
So everyone thinks that steamed rice, you just, well, not everyone, but a lot of people sort of in their head, they go steamed rice. Okay, I put my rice in the steamer, close it up and it will cook. So you, have, you need liquid for rice to cook. Um, and steam pasta, we early doors, we actually did see that, didn't we? We saw a, a few brands that were promoting, yeah. and they still do actually. I saw one recently, um, you know, put some water in a deep, reasonably deep dish tray, throw your pasta in the water, cold, put the tray in the oven and steam it. Um, and I've always been a big believer of just because you have the tool doesn't mean you should use it for everything. Like it's not a, you know, Swiss army knife. Um, it doesn't do everything. So the weird one for that is, is because, um, pasta, you know, it's quite starchy. It can stick together really well. And, I think part of the idea behind boiling water is is that you get that movement so it doesn't stick. While you can do it, I've never understood why you would. I mean, have you ever done it? No. No, I've never tried it. I mean, we've we've steamed fresh pasta, but that was like um, tortellini or raviolis or I can't remember what they were, which I kind of think is a bit different because you're sort of – Portioning it out, and uh, it's a dumpling of sorts. That made more sense to me than steaming like spaghetti or fettuccine or linguine or something like that in some water. Like, and given that you're not saving any time, it's actually taking longer. I, I've never understood why you would. And then you're working in water that isn't moving either. So it's a bit. I mean, they're those things that when combi steamers first came out, that they were those things that they. I think manufacturers thought would help convince people to buy it, but I, I don't see it. Like I've never understood why you would steam pasta, like dried pasta, packet pasta. Yeah. What, no. What's yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Forgot about that one. And until we'd had this conversation, the only thing I, I thought that I couldn't, that I, I, I never even think about using for combi or steam is a pav. But uh, now there's a whole lot of other things to add into that, but not too many. When you think about yeah. it, there's actually not too many things that your steam or combi steam oven doesn't do the same or better. Like really, and I did have a, um, I did have a conversation with a <clears throat> reasonably famous chef in Australia about pavlovas, and he had told me that he had done steamed pavlova now really yeah now while in theory it's true you probably could um because you could get the egg white cooked enough you're not going to get the crunch from it clearly um but is it possible yes would you do it maybe if you wanted to i i just i couldn't see the benefit in having it i mean part of a pav is that crunchy outer and that exactly. marshmallow-y type exactly. in a, in a part of it. Um, although my, my partner says that, um, the, the pavlo is only there to, as a vehicle to carry the cream. Uh, <laughs> that's the only reason why she likes pavlo. Um, the same reason she likes scones. Isn't that? The yeah, same? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Just, and that's funny actually, cause I don't care for whipped cream at all. It's not my thing. Yeah, um, it's funny how similar um, our partners are in their love of uh, sweeties. 
Yes, because uh, M's not she's not huge on it, but okay. You know. well, Dougie would uh, eat scones with um, a small amount of scone and a huge amount of cream on top, and that's yeah. why our pavs are normally uh, when we if we make a pav for um, so, you know someone when we used to have friends around or for special occasions, they normally yeah. end up being smashed <laughs> in a big bowl with cream because someone comes along and. Uh, likes taking off a bit yeah, of Yeah, but that, that's the beautiful thing about a pavlo. Even if you don't make it right, it's still good. Oh, it's exactly. kind of... It's, it's so forgiving, isn't it? It's yeah. yeah. Because even if it looks like a bit of a mess, you can just say it's an eaten mess. There you go. <laughs> like, it doesn't, you know, it gives you a bit of freedom. But we yeah. did, I did, and I lost the footage to it, but we did do, um, and now it's not a pav, but we did do Il Flottin which is floating islands, a classic French dessert, which is essentially uh, a poached meringue. But rather than poach it, we steamed it. So if that theory works, which it does, it's just that I couldn't, I have to re-film it because I lost the footage. But um, that actually did, I think you tried that too. That actually did work. It's fantastic. So in theory, you could steam a pavlova if you wanted to or an egg white-based dish. But those... Absolutely, um... you could. Those little floating uh, bundles Islands. of water. Yes. Were, um, I was trying to think there was there a French word in there that I can't pronounce. But, uh, that's why, they that's were, why they're called floating islands. Thank you. Um, they yeah. were quite small and because they were quite yeah. sweet. So it wasn't like a pav, like in a traditional sort of sense with crusty, crunchy bits. They were, no. yeah, quite small and, and very sweet. We could, when we get back in the office, we could steam it, Pat, if you want. We'll try it. When, when we get back in the office, yay. If, yeah. Well, if. We, we will eventually. I mean, we'll yeah. have to get back at some point. And, uh, but yeah, it's, there's a few things that uh, we've talked about that would be good to try. And just out, of, yeah. just out of my interest for you, Paul, the potatoes that I did plant that are still um, growing are red. You Norway. just sent Dougie out there to get the names, haven't you? No, no, you I, just did I that. Yes, you did. You summoned him and said, Dougie, I need the names of the potatoes because they're not just white and brushed and baby. No, they're not. But they're, and when I saw these, I went, okay, what's the white star and Nadine and a red Norland? But they're the ones we've planted and the white star have gone bananas. They are, they yeah. are absolutely, you know, out of the top. So Nadine, the Nadine's a quite well-known potato that's a pretty uh, reasonably common potato um and i think i look my memory's not that great because i'm not ordering this stuff on a daily basis like i used to but uh, i think a pretty good all-rounder actually particularly good for roasting but i could be wrong um, well, the, the white star and the others i'm not sure well, the, uh, the place I got them from, the good old uh, Garden Express website, said that they're an excellent variety with uh, white skin, creamy flesh. It's excellent for salads and boiling, and it's a very good variety for mashing and roasting. So, yes, all-rounder. Yeah, see? There you go. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah. Well, I, and other than that, I can't think of what else we wouldn't, wouldn't steam. I mean, things are going into a combi mode. It's a bit different because it's high heat and we're just adding a little bit of steam. So it's, it was more about the steaming side yeah, of things. But there's, there's not a lot else that I can think of that we haven't done and then we haven't tried. Like we've steamed doughs and all sorts of things. But, yeah, my, really- my, thought, my thought for the day is 
Don't sting eggplant. eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, well, that, well, that list is quite small when you think about, you know, the number yeah, of it is. things we can put into our, our ovens, and that's really quite fantastic. I mean, it's even another reason why steaming is so great. You're angling, you're angling oh, for well, a, I'm happy that my promotional ovens. I'm happy that, I, that ours is back and it's working. And uh, um, yeah, so that's after missing, after not having it for quite a few weeks, it's good to get it back. And lucky just before lockdown happened, otherwise you wouldn't have been able to get it back. Oh, that's true. That's true. I know. But, uh, but mm. anyway. Well, thank you for that. That was uh, my pleasure. Well, I don't know how we, we went off on a few tangents, but as anyway, we, as we if anyone's, <laughs> yeah, if anyone's got any things that they've tried to steam which haven't been any good, let us know. We can add it to the list. We might put a list up what not to steam That's according good, to us. According to well, everything, <laughs> if, uh, everything is according to us. But that's good. Cool. And then we'll put your name next to it, according to Linda. What not to say. <laughs> and about the potatoes. But I think it's a good idea yeah. to ask, like anything, ask the butcher if you're not sure about how to cook a particular type of meat or the. Um, yeah. Wherever you buy your produce, ask the best way of Talk cooking. Talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you can. If you're allowed out of your house. It's easy to understand behind those dreaded face masks. Anyway, soon, one day, one day. Well, you take one it day. easy and uh, happy cooking, everybody. Until happy next cooking. Time. Okay. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.